0: scuba obsessed is a weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear places a dive and scuba in the news scuba obsessed episode 125 is recorded live august 9th 2012 Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson. We discuss dive socials, guaranteed prizes, spicy diving diplomas, and the best dive flag ever. And before we get started, I'd like to welcome my co-host for this week, Mac the Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? Well,
1: I'm doing very well. Looking for uh, a nice couple of weekends coming up.
0: Yeah, we're, we're in that time of year where it just keeps seems to keep getting better and better. If we just keep the heat from being too hot. But I much prefer it to the alternative.
1: Oh, absolutely. Do a lot more when it's not hard water.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit easier. Uh, plus, uh, you know, you can break out some of the older, less functional wetsuits and wear them out this time of year as well.
1: Absolutely. it's All that means is I'm putting off the inevitable of having to get a new dry, a new wetsuit for the ice season coming up.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. I've got to either get a new wetsuit or, as everybody who's listening to the show knows, I'm due for a dry suit, but. We'll just see what this fall brings. But right now, that's a little bit away from my mind with this warm water we've been diving in. So, okay, what's
1: that? Sass has a nice end-of-the-season coming up sale, so I thought I'd run down there and look at his stuff.
0: Yeah, he usually has a good selection out there. Uh, Sass, in one of the local dive shops, he's got his uh, sidewalk sale coming up here this weekend, isn't it?
1: Uh, Yeah, starts this week through next weekend, I believe.
0: Yeah, so if you're... If you're looking for something, many times he that's where he takes the opportunity to sell some of his gently used items and get them out there. And I, I usually pick up a few things every year when he does that sidewalk sale. Uh, we've got a, quite a few articles, so we better get moving through them. First one up is a Spring Township Police to Investigate the Theft of Spear Guns and Other Related Gear. Uh, they're investigating two burglaries at Scuba Venture's. Uh, each time the burglar or burglars broke into the building, they took scuba gear, including guns, spear guns. The first burglary was between 9.30 on Thursday, July 27th and 9 a.m. Friday, July 28th. The second was 3 a.m. Friday, August 3rd. They're asking anyone who has information to call them. And I had to look up where this was at, and this is in Redding, Pennsylvania.
1: Huh. So, well, they must have liked what they got the first time to make uh, a repeat.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, if it was that easy the first time, why not come in and get some more?
1: And the selection must have been very good.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, I wish I knew who it was because they're offering a Crime Stoppers, $5,000. That'd be enough to buy some gear.
1: That's quite high, too, isn't it? I mean, considering around here, it's $1,000 for a lot of items.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's just inflation or something. Or, or maybe they need 5000 to get people to turn somebody in. But 5000 and then they do $10,000 for murder cases.
1: Well, tips may be anonymous. That's Hopefully somebody will know something and uh, return that in so we can minimize this.
0: That, that's also something to be aware of when you're out there buying used gear. Not only you have to make sure it's something that's serviceable, but uh, also is it hot.
1: Yeah. We have had occasions of that in years past where we have got phone calls, or I have got calls from the local sheriff, police department, asking has the club seen any equipment up for sale at really, really nice prices? And they were due to robberies in the state or right next to our state.
0: Hmm. Well, that's that's good. That the good thinking on their part to to check with dive clubs if somebody's going to peddle it, you know, there or the uh, thief's favorite choice, uh, Craigslist.
1: That's true. That's true. If you've got it serialized, your chance of getting something back is a lot better than if you don't. Yeah. And that is nice about putting it in, you know, if you're a local diver and there's a club and a bunch of stuff suddenly comes up that looks like it's brand new. But most of us, it's hard sometimes, like, did I just get a real good deal or did somebody else get a real bad deal? Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing on that is I wonder if any of the dive manufacturers are keeping a database. I know that when you do warranty registration, they'll record those numbers and say who it's to. But uh, when somebody comes in for maintenance and a dive shop's checking on it. I wonder if there's any checking that shows whether something's stolen or not.
1: I would I would say not, just from what I've gathered in the industry and talking to people who own dive shops at this time. I know a lot of sports, and I, I got a good kickback skydiving, for example. They have a going list that anytime something gets stolen, they put it in their magazine, and they have a back, meaning issue you can look up. the Because uh, if you're going to spend $10,000 for, for a new rig of everything, You're going to record your serial numbers, and it's a small community. When you get that really good deal, it's not a bad deal to to go look up the uh, the listing of equipment and see if it's similar. Yeah,
0: because your buddy. Yeah, the warning sign should be because we we've seen that on Craigslist the 22 year old aluminum eighty that's going for 175 dollars because that's what they think it's worth. Yeah. So if you get the same thing where it's a one year old aluminum 80 and they want 40 bucks for it <laughs> and you can usually tell
1: from the, the way the ad is listed and many times you go talk to the person or get you know email back and forth and they have not a clue what the gear is for because generally you'll hear a lot of it like my uh uncle just died gave us all the gear we don't know what it's worth somebody tell me what they'd want to pay yeah now, that can happen that way but by the same token you might want to be aware do so you really want to support somebody else's habit if that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of habits, the next one up is we have, uh, you know, we all know that drug smugglers are always finding interesting ways to smuggle drugs, and some of them have included clams, shoes, and soccer balls. And now you can add scuba diving diplomas to the list. According to Homeland Security and U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, a group of six people – uh, uh, used their own privately owned parcel delivery companies to smuggle narcotics into the country from Ecuador. The group were arrested this morning after a six month wiretap investigation that led in just three months to the interception of five packages containing more than 11 pounds of narcotics from a warehouse at JFK Airport. Uh, in total, approximately four kilograms of cocaine, nine pounds, and one kilogram of heroin were seized. Most of the cocaine was found stuffed inside. Uh, Impadana packets at the bottom of homemade sugar and oatmeal cookies inside uh, chocolate candy packaging. And the feds also found more than three pounds of liquid cocaine soaked into a sack of scuba diving diplomas. So what's what's that mean, Mac? Does that mean that we need to, to lick the corners of our, our dive diplomas to see if they're authentic or not?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, do we have to handle that kind of stuff with gloves on now? <laughs> you know, so you don't inadvertently get absorbed, some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Now, now, do you feel cheated if you didn't have liquid cocaine on your dive diploma?
1: No, I think I'd feel relieved. <laughs> but I'm curious of all the time they spent on this, and not the knock 11 pounds of narcotics, but after six months or a year, you know, I look at some of the stuff coming over the border in tons.
0: Yeah, it does seem like... Uh... For all the work they did, they sure didn't get that big of a haul. Yeah. And what I'm betting is that they thought they had something. Because with these quantities, now I did not lick my diploma. That wasn't what happened. Uh Uh-huh. In the chat room, they're saying, sure, blame old talk shoe. I don't know what happened there. That that one just, we weren't even having a bad connection. It just plain dropped it. And I tried to redial a few times and it wouldn't go through. So we're back. But like, we saying, left,
1: but, <laughs> but like we were saying, but we're back.
0: But like we're saying, you know, 11 or 12 pounds. That almost seems like that could have been stuff that people using their service are trying to smuggle in just for personal use. It doesn't sound like your normal, you know, 20 tons of marijuana or you know, 40 bricks of cocaine coming in.
1: Well, I mean, at least they're trying, I suppose. But it looks like you took the guys who you could work with because they're not kingpins and they're not the cartels and so you wanted to hit them because you could do them better than you could some guy doing the tons of the stuff yeah, yeah. that's a hard
0: job yeah it, it's got to be a thankless job at some point
1: uh, legalize it and tax it
0: oh and I, I forgot to throw them in the chat room see what happens when Jim's not here
1: somebody in the chat or not in the chat
0: No, Jim usually reminds me to pay stuff into the chat room Ah, uh, and I was just sleeping at the wheel So this one, uh, we we have a few articles which kind of talk about celebrities in the news. And this shows you how much out of it I am. It says uh, The Wanted, which are singers Max George, Tom Parker, Jay McGinnis, and Siva. I'm not going to try his name. And they're swimming with the sharks in Australia. Uh, The singers were slipped into scuba gear and swam with the ocean predators during a recent trip to uh, the Sydney's Manly Sea Life Sanctuary. Uh, They tweeted prior to the dive that they were so hyped, Uh, best thing I've ever done, my love for shark has just doubled. Uh, One of them joked uh, the sharks have toothy grins, they don't bite, and they were saying because he was a vegetarian, I don't think they really care one way or the other, because they're not vegetarians. But uh, I have no idea who these guys are.
1: Well, looking at their faces, they're younger than my kids, so I'm quite sure I don't relate exactly.
0: Uh, they're, They're probably older than my kids, but not by much.
1: Not quite the same as swimming with them out there in the middle of the ocean, but uh, still more than a, a lot of opportunities that we don't
0: have. Well, plus the great thing about this is get some. Uh, whenever celebrities get out there and do some scuba diving, more people add it to their bucket list.
1: Yeah.
0: And then uh, next one is we have cancer survivors and sharks need your vote. It must be some sort of competition. If there's one thing uh, gamers or uh, garners our undivided attention and generates public frenzy this time of year, it's sharks. Uh, recent sightings around the country, uh, more, more, more. And then they're talking about Discovery Shark Week, which is coming up here, probably going to overlap with the Olympics. It's a 25th anniversary uh, this August. It's going to start with the uh, classic movie Jaws. Uh, Let's see, they're talking about uh, Brandon Bethel, a a San Diego local, finds himself in the middle of excitement as one of the only 15 finalists in the Power to Change contest. He has the opportunity to secure a grand prize of $30,000. His video entry, Beauty Below the Surface, shares his story of finding his calling in a shark cage after losing his mother to cancer and taking up a dream trip to Australia on her behalf. If selected to winner, Brandon plans to finally launch, well, to fully launch a nonprofit that specializes in shark dives and marine encounters for cancer survivors. As he puts it, I want to help people dream in color, mostly blue. Uh, in, the, in interest, If interest in the offering support, the public can watch his and other finalist videos, uh, and we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, he says he would like to promote both cancer awareness and shark conservation. The impact lives above and below the sea level. And then another organization that's doing similar things was recently in the news, and that's uh, Diveheart. I mean, uh, the chat room's jumping. I can't keep up. So a group called Die Point is giving uh, people with disabilities kayak rides. Uh, Maria, let's see here. Frahman? Yeah, Frahman of Marsfield. She suffers from Fragile X Syndrome, a genetic condition similar to autism, which is more common in boys and girls. That didn't stop her from joining about 20 other people with disabilities Thursday at Mead Bark in Stevens Point. Volunteers at the park gave kayak rides on the Wisconsin River to people with disabilities, the sun peeking through late morning provide a perfect backup to, uh, backdrop to the day. Uh, Mid-State has partnered with Die Point Scuba Adventure Center in eight years to put on the events. Volunteers from the Stevens Point Senior High Girls Swim Team as well as caregivers from the Mid-State helped launch kayaks from the beach and paddle their charges across the river. So uh, they said it was awesome. I enjoyed it. Being outside is nice weather and, and being with other people with social needs.
1: I think that last line in their item makes a lot of sense. I like to help all people who might not be able to do something like this themselves, and it puts a smile on your face to see someone who doesn't have the ability to kayak get out there and do it because you're helping them out.
0: It sure does.
1: Along that same lines, uh, they're actually doing a Young Eagles program this weekend over in Button Harbor at the airport.
0: Well, what's that one about? Uh, well, Young Eagles is a, an
1: item that the general aviation industry tries to do to get youth interested in avionics or in flying. Uh, if you don't have the chance, you really never know what you're missing. You may see it, but if you can give them a taste of it, sometimes the taste can get addictive, and they'll actually follow through and do more. So it's one of those you're trying to perpetuate for the for the general aviation and specific. But at least you're giving everybody an introduction into what flight is about, and that's just not limited to people who have tons of money. So they're going to be doing that Saturday and Sunday. And it's not just flying. There's other activities that are going to be available for people. But two specific ones are they get to take a, a real ride in a real airplane. And it's a combination with not just a ride but a learning experience because you help do the pre-flight. You help do the checklist. So you're part of the flight team, not just a hop in for a
0: ride. Yeah, get them a little bit involved, see what some of the things are behind the scenes and how some of that works. I'm sorry, say again? I said it lets them see some of the things behind the scenes and how it works. Yeah. they're just not passive. They actually have a little bit of activity to do with it.
1: Yeah. A lot of the local EAA chapters, Experimental Aircraft Associations, quite often they'll have at least one day a year where they'll do uh, young eagle programs. I know the one out there in LaPorte and the one in Michigan City is very active, and they're always out there trying to get youth involved in aviation
0: now what for those what's the eventual activity they'd be was that is that pilots is that just something in the related aircraft fields
1: right it's just everybody doesn't necessarily want to be a pilot but they like to be around the atmosphere of pilots and airplanes and even if you don't fly or like to fly I shouldn't say not like to fly but if you get a chance to, to fly I, me, I like different aircraft. If I get to fly in something unique and different, hey, I'm all for that. And as a kid, being able to say you went fly, you went flying, uh, is quite, you know, something's a morale booster too. You know, I can do this. It's what you try to get them into. It's not something nebulous that no, I can't do. It's too hard. To make it so it's really realizable for a lot of people that they didn't think they had the opportunity or even the uh, the interest, and they find out it's not impossible to do.
0: Oh, it's an excellent program. And they probably other industries could take advantage of that as well. Well, another thing that people are taking advantage of is uh, at the end of July, two dozen volunteer snorkelers and scuba divers uh, spent a Saturday plucking aquatic mussels from the shallows of Clear Lake and Allen's Mill. The Clearwater Lake Association organized industry's first annual Chinese Mystery Snail Roundup. Uh, proved to be a popular activity, uh, with many trying to find their luck to simply uh, pull the snail piles up from the landing. The snails along about the size of ping pong balls were mostly collected by divers in a shallow cove at the head of the lake next to the public beach. The invasive snails were first spotted in the lake 15 years ago, and they frequent depths 2 to 20 feet in water. Uh, they're thought to have been uh, brought over as an exotic food source in the late 19th century. The snails were subsequently introduced in the wild by people dumping aquariums into the lakes and streams. Uh, they carry a, a number of non-native parasites that are a threat to the native species. So let's see. They said they pulled out 504 pounds of snails.
1: Now, where is Clearwater Lake at?
0: Oh, you had to ask. It's, it's, it's obvious it's in Franklin County.
1: And that is.
0: <laughs> oh, let's see.
1: I would suppose it's got to be down south. And I used I went to high school down there once for a while. Butler Bulldogs. That was in Georgia. So I'm just wondering if this is Georgia or down there in the south because looking at the uh, the snails, that doesn't seem like a summer only item. And looking at that one picture, you know, that's a nice looking area. Obviously, hey, summer.
0: Actually, uh, I think you're a little off. It says. Um... Let me see here. Uh, they're on 121 Smiling Ghost Lane, Farmington, Maine.
1: Maine? Is that brackish water? Is that salt water? Or uh, is it fresh?
0: I'm going <laughs> to guess it's fresh. You know, they're saying Clearwater Lake, but you no, know, it's possible.
1: That I mean, did you look at the other pictures? That's outstanding.
0: But if you're going to you do, do it in be... Maine, this is the time of year to do it.
1: And if it's only that many people and they got that many pounds? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the aspect. I think I looked at some of the comments, and those were supposed to be uh, edible type snails. If that's true, you would think that'd be a heck of a market.
0: They could freeze them, I guess. What, what, why were they collecting them? I mean, I know they're invasive, but I mean, you see how many they got in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And from having an aquarium, once you get a snail in an aquarium, about the only thing you can do is sterilize the heck out of it. But and one thing that we, you know, I've got family from Maine. That's where my mom's from. I got uncles and stuff up there, but even in Maine, they have people who uh, go for hard causes. So not only the snails, I see somebody in a Cubs shirt in the back.
1: Well, I was looking at their comment. The hardy snails are good at catching themselves to boat holes, bait buckets, and multiply rapidly, competing with snail, native snails for food. Uh, they can clog screens and pipes, and non-native parasites as a threat to other industries. So it'd be interesting to know a little more about them, and if you can feed them to Barnyard animals, I think somebody was using them for food. I mean, you could make that into some kind of commercial industry, it seems like.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dave, in the chat room, uh, pasted a link that I just gave you on Skype on the Chinese mystery snail. Ooh, it's a recipe. <laughs> so the, the uh, let's see what they call this recipe is a mystery snail, Chevis, makes a great appetizer, an invasive species conservation a conservation starter four ounces of imitation crab meat twenty five mystery snails fully cooked one tomato a quarter red onion half bunch of cilantro two red peppers a lime tablespoon of olive oil tablespoon of red wine vinegar salt and pepper huh. now not being a regular snail eater I mean how do you how do you just boil them toss the crab meat and snails in a bowl you know it doesn't doesn't really say how you you cook them I mean I do they come out?
1: Well, I've had escargot, and generally what that has been is once I evacuate the snail from the shale, they definitely clean them, and they do cook them, but quite often they're diced up and mixed with other material. It's not just straight snail. You've got a lot of butter. You've got a lot of seasoning.
0: Well, everything goes better with butter.
1: <laughs> but still, 500 pounds, if that's edible stuff, it's like I can't believe that's not a market for something.
0: You would think so. But, I mean, this is from the place that's got lobster. <laughs> uh, now, did you see that photo down a little bit farther where uh, Maya Smith, nine, hosted a, hoist a bag of Chinese snails she pulled up? Uh, she won her age division with 60 pounds, a nine-year-old. Yeah. So that is a lot.
1: Uh, the negative part, of course, is if you couldn't get rid of them, you had to bury them. And oh. take a pretty good size nice hole.
0: Yeah. Well they probably make good fertilizer.
1: Yeah, I was looking at some of the comments going through it and really doesn't tell me too much about other uses for those snails. Well make a it nice those items can't get up on the net later we could find out if they're good to eat and if it is viable.
0: And then another one with the Olympics being in the news, uh, we have uh here's your medal. Try not to lose it and this article goes on and on about uh what different people have done with their medals and what have happened uh, uh one individual from Brazil damages his medal when he dropped it in the shower so uh, he's getting a replacement from london officials uh they've had some who they they said really haven't been taking as much care as they would like um you know many people are wearing their medals with them and then there's one spot uh Well, you know, one one gentleman in a previous Olympics left his uh, medal in a taxi cab and was able to get it back. Uh, Let's see. Oh, no, I can't find it.
1: I think if I had won a gold medal, I'd be very uh, controlling about where it was and who it was with. And also, I just wonder what the actual value of that is.
0: Actually, I did read an article earlier in the week and uh, not as much as you would think.
1: Well, it's what 92.5 percent silver,
0: six yeah.
1: grams of gold.
0: So it was I don't like know
1: how much it weighs.
0: Yeah, it was like the they were saying like 600 for the the top. Oh, they even have it here in the article uh, at current current metal prices. The the gold medal was 706 dollars. I think the silver was 300 and some, and then the bronze was just a little bit below that.
1: Huh.
0: but one of them. Uh, oh, this is an Italian rower uh he leaped into the water he leapt into the water in joy after being awarded his gold medal in the 1988 Soul games but the medal slipped out of his hands when his teammate uh landed on him <laughs> and uh thank thankfully uh, scuba divers uh took 2 days and they were able to finally recover the missing medal so see there's a scuba tie in there somewhere scuba needs to be an olympic sport i think <laughs>
1: Like like one guy said here, I have never lost a gold medal. I, I could probably join that group. I have never lost a gold medal.
0: Yeah, m- me neither. Uh, Dave in the chat room is saying that uh, MAPS uh, shows that Lake Erie and Michigan have uh, the snail.
1: Huh. I know that we do not have the accumulation such that I could go out there and make a several hundred pound bag collection.
0: In, I'm trying. Like- I don't think I've ever seen a snail in Lake Michigan.
1: I don't think I have either.
0: I've seen some inland lakes, but not a lot. Because I believe they want to eat uh, like rotting vegetation or something. So you've got to have, you know, a good source of food, which, you know, Lake Michigan isn't going to have a lot.
1: Yeah, I've not really noticed a lot of snails, if any, around the rocks. And that's where they would be if they're going to be. Not at all. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I've noticed them in the river. Clams, But again, we're not seeing the, the great variety that we're used to at
0: all. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a sign things are good or bad.
1: I would say bad.
0: Now, we, we go from gold medals to winning other awards. So as hard as winning a gold would be, this next contest would be pretty simple. At least it would have been this year. Uh, this one is out. It's a, um, let's see, is that Louisiana? Uh, Tarpons Highlight Annual Terrebonne Sportsman League Rodeo. That's a mouthful. Uh, They said fishing was slow, but tarpons were big on the first day of the 62nd Annual uh, League Rodeo. Uh, One came in at 119 pounds, 8 ounce. Uh, Another one had 194 pounds. And they go on, they get some stayings of the division. Now, there was one division that there were no entries recorded in, and that was the scuba division. And they said that is not unusual. Organizers say weather played a large part and explained the slow start, especially offshore. So I'm gonna say if you were down there and you like tarpon fishing and you're a scuba diver, you have an opportunity to guaranteed win an award. Now they say what they what the what the prize is. See.
1: I'm trying to look
0: here. Yeah, the internet's taking its own sweet time. Yeah, forget it. The other page wouldn't load. We probably killed the website.
1: Yeah, I was getting – they had the – at Sarabon Sportsman's League rodeo results, and they had shoreline division. Typical items were redfish, over 27 inches, and redfish, under 27, drumfish, over 27, speckled trout, white trout, sheephead, flounder, and sea cat. Fly fishing was redfish and speckled trout. Freshwater was bass, perch and freshwater catfish
0: all sound tasty
1: now most of those you cannot shoot with a spear at least up here you can't because they're not
0: trash fish oh is that the requirement up here so it has to be a trash fish
1: oh yeah there's only certain varieties of fish that you can either bow hunt or underwater spear
0: now with a fishing license uh couldn't you use a regular pole but underwater
1: yes you can <laughs> i'm not sure how much luck you're going to have with trigger fish barracuda Amberjack, jackfish. There's some big freaking fish out there What they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my dive this last week, um, there was a weight hanging by a fishing line, and I went and grabbed the fishing line and caused the weight to move, and then a fish grabbed it. Ah. So
1: Alive.
0: Yeah, it was alive. Okay. Um, this one's a little bit closer to us here. In Chicago, Schaumburg opposes a diving shop in an unincorporated home. The Schomburg Trustees have formally opposed a request before the Cook County Board for relocating a dive shop to operate in a home just beyond the village's borders. Oh come on, what is up with the internet today? I got a blank
1: page on that one. You too?
0: Yeah. What the heck is that? Somebody. Well, kind of the gist of it is that uh, with the economy being the way it was, the dive shop owner uh, was unable to maintain the uh, the rent on her other location. So she took a vacant home and moved her dive shop into it and was requesting a permit. And even though she'd been running the business out of there and you know, she was going through the process of getting it officially approved, which we all know when you ask for something to be officially approved, unless you know politicians are going to see it to their advantage, you're not going to get it.
1: Well, that's like they say, though. Do you want people in your neighborhood having businesses out of their homes?
0: No, no, uh-huh. I don't think so. If you're in a residential area and it's not zoned it, um, you know, they, they don't need to be there.
1: I mean, because... Uh, like in Hartford, for example, it was not unusual for people to have one or two chair business in their basement of doing hair, you know, beauty shop type stuff.
0: You know, there, there's – a lot of it depends on traffic and, and what the nature of it is because you can do – you know, and it depends on who you ask. But you can do – like say you have an internet business. You can run that out of your home. You know, some uh, zoning boards are going to say it's illegal, even having a business name that mails to uh, a location. But a lot of it comes down to just uh, are you bringing in additional traffic and then what are the activities related to the business? So hair would be one, you know, if it was all day, you know, two cars constantly all day long, I would say that would be a no. But if it's somebody who's, you know, on the weekends has three or four people come over and get their hair done, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I sent you a
1: little item, additional uh, no information on that. Did you see it?
0: Oh, let's see. It probably went into a different chat link. Okay. Yeah
1: give a little more background on it. She was the owner of Sea Lions Dive Center and she's talking about some of the activities of neighbors they don't like it they actually dump garbage on her lawn
0: because when I when I read it before the show I saw that and I'm thinking I mean that's that's a little rude. <laughs> I mean even yeah, if you don't was, like
1: it. Yeah, she was looking for a special use permit so she could use her house between September and October. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what she would what that would to me would indicate is she's getting a higher rent location when she's got the business for it and then in the off season you know when she's just doing some classes and stuff she's using her house yeah in fact that right there is the same article oh okay almost word for word so i don't know why it wasn't in the other one
1: did you find the article right under which is scuba gear found in search for diver?
0: oh this this one's from july 9th let me i'll paste this in the chat room so i can keep up with this. um uh... Police, uh, police search and rescue divers have located scuba diving equipment near a wreck where a 42-year-old Preston woman went missing on Saturday. Uh, she was diving with a charter group of the wreck of the SS Kogi in an area known as the ship's graveyard. Is that the one you're talking about?
1: Yeah. I'm
0: not familiar with that wreck.
1: They just said they discovered a buoyancy vest, a regulator, and a camera in the area. I would think if they found a the buoyancy vest, they would probably find a tank.
0: Yeah, if there's no tank there. Well, they found the buoyancy vest, a regular camera, but they didn't say the tank and regulator. Oh, the regulator, a regulator. Yeah, a
1: regulator, so there got to be a tank there, buddy.
0: Yeah, maybe they just omitted it, because I would think that, I mean, the regulator should be connected to the vest and the
1: Well, well tank should be connected to the
0: regulator and the, the BCD. Yeah.
1: And if she had a witsuit on, she took that BC off, she should float. That's very perplexing. <clears throat> they it came apart and they were, what, eight meters below the surface? Uh-huh why wouldn't you pop right up to the surface? Yeah. I mean, if you dump your weight belt, you're coming up. If you dump the whole darn thing, you should be coming up.
0: Yeah. That's where our weights
1: would have been too.
0: Yeah, uh, That's kind of odd. Those, those are the ones that I usually don't cover in the show until something comes back on them because they're just, you never know.
1: Yeah. We won't cover the other ones. I don't know if you scroll down, but there's other stuff that are quite interesting to look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this this is a website that's uh, essentially just reposting uh, scuba articles. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's a usually usually how these websites work is they uh, run some software that goes and scrubs the Internet, and then what they're doing that is just to to display ads.
1: Uh, Like our government does, looking for particular words in your email, huh?
0: Oh, exactly, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: so so that's what that website is. But in this case, it uh, was able to get us to the article. But, you know, they're saying that because of the economy is is, – why she was trying to take those measures. Um, one thing is, it just it makes you know if you're in a business, business always changes. So you need to come up with ways to grow that business back. Uh, we'll we'll have a story here at the end of the news, or uh, we we had a letter somebody wrote in asking us for some advice, and there's something related to that. But uh, here's an example of a dive shop that's just not letting the uh, business climate change. They're actually doing something to, something uh, to generate business, Phoenix uh, dive socials have been announced for August. So if you're in the Phoenix area, um, they, uh, there's a Phoenix-based Academy of Scuba with dive shops in Metro Center and Paradise Valley. And what they do is they put out a calendar of scuba meet and greets and diver socials for August. So what they're doing is they're becoming a facilitator to get divers together. And diving is what I consider to be a very social sport. So we need to get People together to get them out diving.
1: Well, food is a common denominator.
0: Food, drink. <laughs> Everybody eats. Diving. Increase appetite. And yeah, now they do mention the article. The Academy of Scuba Promotes Designated Driver <laughs> at their socials. So, uh, which which is always a good idea. Yeah. And then the ultimate diver challenge unless happens unless
2: you lose the draw and you're the designated driver.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's easy. And then that voice there is uh, Jim. Welcome, Jim. Good evening. I'm sorry, I'm late. Hey, no problem.
2: I been participating in the chat room for a little while.
0: Well, that's good. Keep them in line. No, I just try to stir them up. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't take too much, especially with Dave over to them going. There.
2: Yeah, and then we got two Daves in there tonight.
0: Oh, do we? Yeah,
2: some guy who used to dive up here with us, but. Moved oh. south and stayed
0: south and doesn't oh, want to drive tra- the truck back up here and see us anymore. Truck driver. He goes diving. Uh, he wouldn't be the one who teases us with all those warm water pictures, would it be? Now, I, I think he's the
1: guy that don't like turtles. You know, the guy who's those oh. kind of sharks that have something against our, our baby
0: turtles up here. Oh, the little innocent baby turtles? Well, they got yeah. them down there, too. So <laughs> so welcome, Dave. Nice to see Nice to see you in there. And then, uh, let's see. now. Now I'm all... Thrown off, let's see, what was it? Oh, Ultimate Diver Challenge you're talking about, which is, which is also down there in Florida. Uh, they said, thinks survivor with underwater mazes, blackout masks, and imaginary sea critters in need of rescue, watery backdrop for Palm Beach County's celebrated scuba diving sites, uh, the Ultimate Diver Challenge, Palm Beach County. Reality show that puts expert divers from around the country to test, fighting elimination by master complex dives loaded with multiple tasks and safety drills. Two weeks of filming the face-off among 20 contestants in the waters off Riviera Beach wrapped up on Tuesday. The show is expected to air in January. Once producers shop at the various networks, uh, they were saying ever see a reality show underwater, and if uh, they said most likely the answer is no. Uh, there's That's uh, uh, one of the producers from the Melbourne Production Company. They said uh, uh, placing the elements of the reality show from drama to athleticism to competition and a new venue of underwater adds a layer of complexity and intrigue to show started out because of that now uh rich on diver sink had uh, one of the pers- the one of the people who originally came up with the concept i had seen some old episodes and it was okay but it needed to be a little bit i don't I hate saying more exciting it needed to be edited a little bit differently than what it was uh, a very interesting concept. I just hope that uh, they're able to put it together and make it interesting. Uh, now what I thought was good is they ran it on a uh, let's see which what one of the networks uh, which is now I believe the NBC Sports Network they ran it and uh, they said they had 1.2 million viewers so uh, almost as many as we've got
1: Almost
0: oh I'm sorry it was 1.7 so they did beat us. So uh, it was on the NBC Sports Network. Uh, they had been doing it out of Cozumel, Mexico, and after they only aired it last year on the Ultimate Diver Challenge websites, which have been for four seasons. Um, and then they they did a rerun of 13 weeks on that NBC Sports Network. So that's one thing you got to give it to networks network. They just have the eyeballs. So if you've got something, then you get out there because that's what they need. They're going to need eyeballs to get the sponsorship, to get the money, to get it to take off. And then for one of the last ones, we saved uh, one of the best for last. And this is uh I I'm thinking about adding this to my dive kit for dive flag.
1: Yeah, I was uh, thinking about a yellow one would work really good too.
0: Yeah, they say authorities say a couple of good Samaritans came to the rescue of a stranded diver off Florida. Uh Cindy Tertino got separated from her family while diving Friday afternoon in the Gulf of Mexico. She sells the uh Naples Daily News that she tried to she tied her yellow bikini top, to a flipper and waved in the air to attract boaters. The makeshift dive flag caught the eye of David and Lynn Hunnenberg on their 58-foot vessel. Uh, Tortino's husband and son were aboard their boat while she dove about four miles offshore. By the time she surfaced, the boat had drifted away. Uh, Tortino started swimming for shore. When her family knows she's missing, they called authorities. Uh, they joined the search and spotted uh, her about three-quarter mile from shore. So... Yeah, so I think what we need to do is get the safety sausage, and I'm going to tie a yellow bikini to the top.
1: I think that would be awesome. I think it would improve survivability tremendously.
0: When I was
2: sailing, we used to fly them from the top of the mast. Of course, the crew that I sailed with was three very attractive, well-endowed young ladies. We didn't win any races, but we sure
0: had a lot of fun. Now, you... you so you're saying that the bikini was plenty visible? Oh, yes. Okay, so new dive flags or bikinis? There, yeah, there, there's going to be a T-shirt in there. Did,
1: did you say the bikinis were visible or were the co- bikini owners visible?
2: The bikini tops were visible. i was
1: oh. more curious if the owners were visible. No comment. Okay. <laughs>
2: oh.
1: Pictures, please?
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh. Here, here's a video, but uh, this video isn't of uh, the bikinis. This one is Uh, a video. We have video. This one is a seabird cam, lets you experience diving for food. And as I was watching this, I was thinking this must be what it's like if you trail behind Mac when he's searching for bottles. Except I don't think the visibility is quite this good. So we'll have the he trail
2: behind Mac when he's searching for bottles. That's like that's like being the last horse of a thousand horse parade
0: <laughs> across the desert. So we'll have the link in the show notes to that. But uh, come on, <laughs> if you're trying to watch it, it's probably torturing you with a uh, commercial first. But uh, when you watch the video, which which I recommend it, you you see what it is. But he, uh, what I recommend is try holding your breath when you first see the bird go underwater until he comes back up. And while we've got everybody distracted doing that, we have a couple shots of photos. First one is since it's summer, I thought I'd remind everybody that what's coming up if, and what you're going to see before too long, which is some rather large ice cubes. This is from the Tony Wu blog. He has some uh, photos of ice from above and below water. So it's not that far away. You need to get out there in the water. And then probably the top photo for this week, and let me see if I can paste it in the chat room. This one uh, was from Dave, who's also in the chat room tonight. Um, And I thought that our logo, the six tanks, would be pretty extreme. This is somebody who has got five sets of doubles. So here we go, chat room.
2: I thought that was a little extreme for
0: cleaning the bottom of the pool. For cleaning the bottom of the pool. Well, I'm just, I'm looking at the photo, and at first I thought it was four, but then Rich said a comment it was five sets. What do you need five sets of doubles for?
1: Repetitive dives.
0: I mean, unless you're hauling it down to an undersea base, I mean, you can't move. You can't do anything. Fire breather. rebreather.
2: Uh, You know, for what you get in the five sets of doubles, rigs, regulators, mounting, everything else, you probably could buy a rebreather.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then what Dave's saying is it says only one set had a reg, So there's got to be more to that story. Now, I've seen people with stage bottles have them all around where they've had eight or nine tanks of stage bottles. But that was pretty much they had them on themselves until they could attach them off to a line. I don't believe they were going to go do a whole dive that way. So that does it for the news. Now, we did have uh, some emails. If you ever want to send us an email, you can do it at the show at scubaobsessed.com, and that gets it right to us and we'll send it out. And uh, let's see what they had in the, uh, the letter. Uh, this one uh, it said, uh, I have a family trip planned for August 22nd, 24th at Silver Lake, Michigan. Can you guys recommend a dive shop in the area to hook me up? for a short dive. The wife won't let me out for too long, but I figured I could squeeze in a morning dive or two. Well, uh, Lee, I did a search of the dive shops in the area, and I only saw two. One was Scuba Zoo, and one was Lakeshore Scuba. So I sent him that back in an email, and then he responded back saying, uh, thanks for the input. He had called Scuba Zoo. The previous owner answered, but said, he is really out of business and then uh, went on about how the Internet was destroying dive shops. So uh, it it has been affecting. So please go out there and support your local dive centers. And if you're a local dive center, please don't wait till you're out of business. Try and find ways. You, a lot of businesses have felt sorry for the change in the economy, either the recession and downturn or in competition coming from new directions. You know, Ask the local hardware store what happened when the large box restellers the uh, the Walmarts, the Home Depots, and the Lowe's, how they how they were able to survive. And you look, and some didn't make it, and some are doing better than they ever have before. So it's just a matter of changing your business perspective and how you do things. And there's more than plenty of ways. If you, you ever have any questions, I've got plenty of answers along those lines. So thanks for the letter, Lee. And then also DEMA, uh, kind of an after-the-news uh, news article. DEMA, the Diving Equipment and Marketing Association, is uh, working with Garmin uh, on expanding the reach of dive caching. They have a site called OpenCaching.com that they're partnering with. is going to be the exclusive of scuba diving for geocaching. Uh, DEMA says, we are extremely excited about working with Garmin's OpenCaching.com, Caching.com, to further awareness of dive caching. Open cache has made it easy to find and record Dive caches by incorporating diving search into their online listing. We encourage those owing dive cache and other sites. Also log their cash free account at opencaching.com. And I have to say, I, I went and checked on the website a little bit before getting here, uh, that I agree. Uh, they had done it with another one, which I think is uh, one of the more popular dive cache, uh, cache geocaching websites. The problem with the more popular geocaching website is you really can't do anything if you don't pay. They give you just a tease, and then you have to pay, and it's, uh, it's not something that's too outrageous, but it's enough to where I wasn't going to mess with it. Plus, there was no way for you to filter out the non-diving caches with the dive caches. So hopefully DEMA works with them. They come up with this dive tag, which it's not there currently. But hopefully it will be there soon and that they, they go and get it working. And it's free. There's also apps for the, I, the iPhone, iOS applications, and for Android, which also appear to be free, at least when I looked at them earlier today. So hopefully that, that goes well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Have you guys seen anybody doing any dive caching? I have not. Only on commercials. Yeah, it's a, only the commercials seem to have anything going on. I'd love to. If somebody's got one near any of the spots, this could be another excuse. Okay. Well, now we're to the time of the show. We talk about last week's dives. Uh, did either of you get a dive in?
1: Well, I've got some bridge time in uh, called the Benton Harbor Park. I think it's a river park. Mm-hmm. Not rear view, but the other one. Yeah. Across the bridge going we down to the mall, you'll notice if you look to the right you got sandbars where you've never seen sandbars before. Yep, yep. So I went back down to that scene area and went diving and did the bridge. Nowhere, even at the ass end of the bridge abutments, did it get deeper than seven feet.
0: Now where was this? The depth
1: was five feet in that whole area. Huh. Um mm. and uh, if you do go out there, go a little heavy or take your creeper with you. It's deceptive of how fast that is.
0: Yeah, because you've it got it all arena, shallow and wide, so you got a lot of water moving there.
1: Yeah, if you're in the sand and you got your your S tool or your grabber tool, you'll just it'll drag it in line with you. That's how much current there is. Yet if you're up near the bridge areas and you grab onto the the rocks and stuff, it's very easy. Don't take your dive float, meaning the inner tube, because mm-hmm. that's so much of a drag you can't believe it.
0: Wow. Take
1: the cheapies, you know, just a buoy flag.
0: Now, now, is this the bridge by the hospital?
1: Nope, nope, nope. If you're leaving at like exit 23 mm-hmm. uh, by Hero Palladium. Yeah.
0: The
2: one on Interstate 94.
1: That'll be the first bridge you pass over left and right. Down to the bottom is uh, a launch point. Okay. And if you go there, you might work your way out to the bridge.
0: Okay. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. The, the one there by Riverview Park, then?
1: No, Riverview is a different one. It is <laughs> so by the river, and it's up from Riverview Park.
0: Okay. This is the I-94 bridge, right, Mac? Yeah, right. Okay. No. That's one thing. I think there was a competition to see how many times we could put a bridge across the St. Joe River.
1: <laughs> well, we had about a foot foot and a half of this. Uh, you got to be careful because there's a lot of rebar and stuff in the opposite direction that you would want, meaning if you're... When you float back, go forward and then let the current work you down and keep your feet behind you. So when you run into rebar, it hits your feet, not your head.
0: Now, you, you said you saw some rebar?
1: Oh, yeah, there's always rebar down there and pieces of concrete sticking yeah. out. So you just want to be careful when you're down there.
0: Yeah, and that's always good not, advice not, in the river. It seems not like not they just much. like to throw concrete and rebar in.
1: Well, when they're redoing the bridge and they chop and, and piecemeal it, they're not going to take it out. They just let it fall in the river. And if you notice, that bridge is going to be need, needing some uh, severe work done on it on it pretty soon.
2: Yeah, they've got some places on there marked already that they're getting ready to work on some uh, yeah. holes that were circled in the.
1: But in my small little search group, I did not find any safes, guns, ammunition, cash registers, and that's what I was looking for. It was actually it was very very clean, which really surprised me.
0: Any golf balls? You have to find a golf ball.
1: Actually, I did not find the golf ball. It's, it's amazing how you can find the little brown beer bottles everywhere, collectively speaking. But not two feet away, I got a nice crown top, clear, but an older crown top. And then not two, two three feet from it, I find a glob top. Almost looks like the same bottle, except the necking and the, and the top are different.
0: Wait, wait, you found a glob top on this bridge?
1: Yeah, which really surprised me. Like I said, a couple of feet from my older fashion, clear crown top.
0: Now you just said that, that that there was no spot where it was deeper than six feet. Yeah. Now when you said that, I was thinking you were going to come come back and say that there was nothing worth finding. Yeah, you know, that it was all fresh silt or something.
1: Well, no silt. Uh, actually, all sand except where the uh, big pieces of concrete and and big rocks were that they had obviously put around the base. Huh. Uh, you did have to watch for boat traffic, believe it or not. And since you're you're diving in very shallow. That boat motor is a lot closer to you than normal, and it's still amazing how many people have not a clue what that dive flag is.
0: Yeah, six feet, you're, that motor's not far away from you at all. No, no. Well, I got a couple of dives in over the weekend also. Well, where'd, you, where'd you get some dives in?
2: We went out of Saugatuck a little bit up the coast and went out and dove a wreck called the Fireboat, which was interesting if you'd ever dove it before. Uh, it was like a party barge. A double-deck party barge, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, the upper deck collapsed down on it this year, so it's now a single-deck party barge.
0: Well, I was just on it last year, and it was a double-deck, and it looked to be fairly stable, so any idea what happened well, to it? To smashed, the...
2: It's deep enough, but I don't think it got ice, but you know, I can not tell. But uh, yeah. that whole upper deck just <laughs> fell to the port side, and it's just laying half on the lower deck and half hanging off.
0: Yeah, my, my thought is either the welds are just rusted enough to where, you know, spring storms were able to knock it over, or somebody snagged it with an anchor and got mad and, you know, put the force to it.
2: Well, they had to put quite a force to it, but it's it's gone. It's over. So we well, did your that. flyby and then,
0: was excellent.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I posted that on Facebook. Facebook and uh, YouTube. So that's out there. Yeah, And then the uh, other place we went is, uh, we weren't sure what it was called. The locals call it uh, Chuck's Reef. And it's in about 40 feet of water. And then all of a sudden it comes up there. It's like running into a 10 foot high cliff, just some huge boulders that are Flat, uh, like a cliff on one side, uh, and then rounded off and just big boulders on the backside. It's interesting the way they kind of fit together because there's a huge crevice between them that you can swim down in and do a bit of a swim through. It's a neat place, so I'd like to go back there and explore some more around that. That was in 30, about 40 feet and then we found another spot a little further south of that that we were running at about 50 feet of water. All of a sudden it came up to 30 feet for a couple hundred yards and then dropped back down to 50 feet again. So there's another another little ridge there that would be interesting to take a look at. So uh, that was the weekend. Um, Went, launched from downtown Saugatuck. Uh, Not a very wide ramp. (laughs) Uh... It's sure does get deep quickly so there's no problem launching from that ramp for you know I had no problem at all with my 24 uh, foot boat so
0: now is that the one by the old kiwatten
2: good little run up the river and... no this was right in downtown Saugatuck, not out by the kiwatten
0: oh okay yeah. a
2: little further up river so we were we were able to go down river more and launch right on out
0: now is that a public one or did you have to uh
2: it's a public launch you pay at the right next door on the the North side, as you're backing in. Um, and then there's the only problem there is, is parking. You often have to park, you know, five or six blocks away.
0: Uh, um, okay. I know the one where the you're school. talking about now. Yeah, yeah you got to park up at the school. Yeah, that... Unless you get lucky. Yeah. Well, that that's one where as a kid, because my grandparents lived downtown, or just a little bit away from downtown, maybe on the half a block, uh, you'd take the boat trailer back to the house. Yeah. So, but but yeah. The, the tourist summer, it's a, a rather challenge to, to launch yes. from there because of that.
2: Because the parking. i uh, like to get out there again. There's another wreck out there called the Francie that people have not been able to find for the last few years. So I don't know if it's sanded in, covered up or not. But, you know, we're pretty good at finding sanded in wrecks. At least we found one. Yeah. So we'll have to see if we can find ourselves another one out in a little deeper water.
0: Now, a nice uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice area up there Yeah, it's a nice area There's just not a lot that's been found I mean, I think we've got more in the St. Joe area Than what's up there around Saugatuck But uh, now, Bob, Kurt, and I were planning on heading up And we had made plans But the weather report called for And yeah, they said that it was one to two feet building to three to five So, were you, did you have much waves? No,
2: actually, when we got out there uh, there was about a one foot wave, one foot chop, and, uh, it might've gotten up to a foot and a half or two while we were there. Um, one of the people on the boat, unfortunately, uh, got overheated and had some problems and didn't get a dive in, but ended up spending some time in the water to cool off and settle his stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, we, it laid down and. Uh, it wasn't. The uh, weather service put the warning out about 4 o'clock that we headed back in, and uh, the showers came through about 6, but most of the bad weather was south of us. So you guys missed a, a good dive up there, but yeah, the forecast certainly did call for some nasty waves, which ended up coming in on Sunday, not Saturday.
0: Now, did you get a chance to get uh, out on Sunday at all?
2: No. Uh, there was five and a half footers out there on Sunday, and we ended up having, I believe, two drownings and about a, 10 to 12 rescues in the area on Sunday. So that's no good. we stayed out of the
0: water. Yeah, better to play it safe. And and that's kind of why we went um, and then drive up. We didn't want to go all that way and get blown out. Mm-hmm. So we no, headed the not. other other direction and did Gull Lake. Don't blame me at all. So how was Gull Lake? Uh, Gull Lake was, it was warm. I mean, before you got down to the Thermocline, it was toasty. Now, my dive computer took a poop, uh, and I didn't have any warning. I had done a dive just a couple weeks before, and the battery was all fully charged. And uh, this time, it you hit the button, and it said, battery, and then shut right off. So I was able to open it up, and actually, it looks like at some point, I had a little bit of water in there. So even though I had it serviced by my local dive center, uh, it had leaked, so I've got a do some cleaning up on it, and I'm going to get a full seal kit for it. It should be fine. You know, it's not damaged, but you could see where just a little bit of drip of water had gotten in there at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, but uh, so I can't tell you what the temperature was. Uh, but uh, we we went out and uh, once you got, I, I didn't wear gloves, which was I probably should have because I, I was feeling brave since I hadn't. Worn gloves in Michigan City, but once you get through a couple of thermoclines, that was really chilly, even in a 7 mil without gloves on.
2: Yeah, I, in my dive I did without gloves, and it was 50 degrees on the bottom, and uh, my hands were chilly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was bearable, but you, you realized you weren't wearing them. Plus, I've noticed this week I must have touched a zebra mussel or something because I've got skin peeling off probably where I would have touched something with my hand, and I didn't feel it. But uh, just just goes to remind you, you need to have some gloves.
2: Yeah, I've got the same problem as I after I came up, I realized I uh, had sliced the tips of my fingers up pretty good. Yeah. Once I started feeling them again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So easy to do. Those things those zebra and quaggas are just like razor blades. So any plans for this weekend to get some diving in?
2: Oh, most definitely. Saturday, uh, going up to the peace Sub, uh, personal submarine show in Muskegon. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go look around there for, more so for ROVs and submarines, but uh, you know my my orders are to make sure Don comes back without a sub in his pocket or a receipt for a sub in his pocket. And, okay, uh, then to, Sunday, there
0: should be a loophole in there somewhere.
2: Well, he could put the receipt in my pocket. There you go. And then Sunday will uh, hopefully hit max rec and maybe move a little sand.
0: Ah, I've got to fill up one of my tanks, so... Saturday, I probably can't do it. See, we're getting the youth fair is going on. So the Bering County Youth Fair, if you're in the west part of Michigan and you love a youth fair, you, you shouldn't miss it. Uh, you know, twenty to 30,000 people every day in a town that normally only has three 3,000 on a busy day. Uh, quite an event. Mid-
2: Midwest's largest youth fair, isn't it?
0: It is. The Midwest's largest youth fair. Uh, and they have some excellent shows. I don't know who they got this year. They probably either yeah, they bring headliners good. in. Yeah, they, they try to. It's it's hard because it is they got covered grandstands, so it's a fairly nice facility, but it's nothing like uh, you know the fancier ones. Plus, they don't sit. You know, it it's it's small. It's uh you're you're in close to the acts. Uh, not a bad seat in the house, but you're you they can't sit forty thousand people. You know they they only they have assigned seating, and I don't know what what it sits maybe two thousand. But, yeah, that's going on. So we've got all the animals being brought in on uh, Saturday, and then we'll be there all week and then pull them back out the next Saturday. So I'm going to try and get some dives stuck in. Take a little bit of time off work, but I doubt I'll get a dive in with that. I'll probably be spent at the youth fair. And, Mac, you got any coming up? You've been been skydiving a lot.
1: Well, just a diver, but I... Got me a couple of pinched nerves in my back. So, I actually went to the doc today, finally get the meds for it. And he basically said, He ain't going to be diving for a couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Really? Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Well, doesn't the less, you know, the being underwater and everything help you?
1: I can't hardly stand up much less good in (laughs) the water.
0: Oh, ouch. yeah. You (laughs) got a
1: number on my side.
0: Need to recover and get better. Now, when do we have the club picnic? When's that coming up?
1: Uh, that's coming up on the twenty eighth. Okay. Uh take it back, twenty fifth.
0: So the twenty Saturday, the twenty fifth of August, we've got the club picnic. So right. that'll be the weekend following the uh the end of the youth fair. So and that will be like the the last weekend before uh Labor Day.
1: That is correct.
0: So will have the...
1: the mud club on the twenty first, the meeting on that night. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm sure that they'll solidify who's going, who's bringing what. Yeah. So we'll have a good clue and since we got some rain, maybe uh we'll get some dry weather for that, that particular weekend day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well either way, we're we need it. If we, we don't get the rain, it'll be because nice it was good diving. and if we do get the rain, we needed the rain. Yeah, so uh yeah, I won't make the dive club meeting most likely, but I should be able to make the after meeting. So
1: Yeah, you'll probably get canvas to make sure we know how many people, so yep. keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, Sure will. So, as always, make sure everybody is listening to the show. You grab a friend, invite them to listen to the show with you. Uh, we record live on Thursdays at 9 p.m. You can visit our website at www.scubaobsessed.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash obsessed. And let's see, is there anybody pitching anything in the chat room? Anybody got anything going on out there? Uh, we got people in the chat room uh, saying they got some good diving in. Um Oh, who did did we just drop? Mac, you're still there. Yes. Did Jim fall out? Did we lose Jim? Looks like. Did we? The chat room's still hearing us, so it must just have been Jim. So if we drop, that's because we've lost Jim and it will kick us off. Uh, But uh, I was just going to ask if we had anything to plug. Yeah, they can still hear us out there. So, yeah, we lost Jim for a moment. So before we get in the bad scuba joke, but uh, head on over to iTunes. uh, Go ahead and subscribe to us there. Also, let us know where you're listening. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, uh, subscribing. Uh, those five-star iTunes reviews are great, as well as the ones in Talkshu. And also, not only listen to our show, but make sure you listen to Diver Diversync. Uh, Rich Sinewick of Divers Incorporated hosts the show and talks a little bit about his diving's going on. Let's see, is there any, is there anything else we've missed? Anything else we want to cover, guys?
1: Well, I can't think of anything right now. I probably will five minutes from now. But uh... oh, that,
0: that that's how it always goes.
1: No, if you're not getting wet this month, I don't know when you're going to get wet, guys. So get
0: out there and get something. Well, I want to to get a plug
2: in for a save the date. Saturday, September the 29th is the 7th Annual Trash and Treasure Dive. Benefit of the Southwest Michigan Underwater Preserve. We need to raise some money, so we've got some money to uh, buy materials to put more buoys up. So, and so, so we'll we'll give you more information on it later on, but mark that date down. Uh, we'll be diving in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at Moby's Dive Shop.
0: So Moby's Dive Shop in what was the date?
2: September twenty ninth.
0: September twenty ninth, and that will be uh, that should be the weekend before Dave, Rich, and I go to Cooper River. Ah.
2: I hope you guys have fun up there, down there.
1: I'm sure he will. You're going to take good lights this year,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, good lights and plenty of batteries.
2: Yeah, I'll see if I can get my light working for you by then.
0: Oh, yeah, it's it, it, you, you can't, I don't think you can have too much light. And then we learned that. I I went right down to the drugs last year. And then we have guest number 10 saying, should I hold my breath while was it, diving while ascending from 500 feet? Sure. <laughs> you can, I mean, do it once anyway. So you did only,
2: only if you took a breath before you went down.
0: That sounds like a scene from a science fiction horror movie. If you hold your breath from 500 feet to a surface ascent, it would be kind of messy. I think
2: Diver 10 is a your Guest 10 is a ringer.
0: A ringer. So. Okay, well, I think we've delayed it long enough. I think it's time for the uh,
2: bad scuba joke. All right. The low point of the podcast.
0: It is. So we apologize in advance. And I did not write this one, so, and the guilty's welcome to speak up, but we won't name who it is, so here we go. A store that sells new husbands opened up in New York City, where a woman may go to choose her husband. Along the instructions at the entrance is a description of how the store operates. You may visit the store only once. There are six floors, and the value of the product increases as a shopper ascends the flight. The shopper may choose any item from a particular floor, or he may choose to go up to the next floor. But you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So a woman goes to the husband's store to find a husband. On the first floor, the sign reads, floor one, these men have jobs. She's intrigued, but continues the second floor, where the sign reads, floor two, these men have jobs and love kids. That's nice, she thinks, but I want more. So she continues upwards. The third floor sign reads, floor floor three. These men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good-looking. Wow, she thinks, but feels compelled to keep going. She goes a fourth floor and the sign reads, floor four, these men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead good-looking, and help with housework. Oh, mercy me, she exclaims, I can hardly stand it. Still, she goes a fifth floor and the sign reads, floor five, these men have jobs, love kids, drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. She is so tempted to stay, but she goes a sixth floor with the sign reads, floor six, you are a visitor, thirty-five. this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists only as proof that women are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. Now, before you get too worked up, please note that uh, to avoid gender bias charges, the store's owner opened a new wives store across the street. The first floor has wives that love sex. The second floor has wives that love sex, have money, like beer and scuba diving. The third, fourth, fifth, and sixth floor have never been visited. Wow, that was a long way to get to the end, wasn't it? But <laughs> it was almost worth the wait. Almost. <laughs> Dave says he's on board too. <laughs> so until next week, go out there and get wet,
1: and stay safe,
0: and don't harm any
2: snails when you're
0: has been completed.